Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have with us Richie Norton. Richie, how are you, my friend? I'm doing so good. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so excited. Thanks for having me on. No, I, I already tell, like, we are going to have so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> you can always tell, right? You're, you're awesome. Yeah, yeah totally. Oh, totally. Too. Yeah, no, Richie is such a great uh, introduction with your business partner to fame. Like he introduced us and I'm, I'm grateful that we took the opportunity to come on the show. I love doing this because, you know, it, it immediately brings a spark in that um, introduction. For example, what I'm trying to say is like, when you come on a show like this and we're, we're recording, right? Like we're right on video on camera and we're just, boom, we go into it and we start talking and, and I've built such phenomenal relationships this way. I've tried it the other way. You know, you do a little call first, right? You talk to them um, and then you get on the actual episode, the actual recording. It works as good. Uh, but I find that I'm just blessed. Like I just, I just connect with people right away, and I'm I'm grateful that you took the time to come on our show. Yeah, no, re ready to go, ready to go. This is going to be That's great. Awesome. <laughs> That's awesome, my friend. So uh, we always like to uh, um, allow our guests to take the stage and introduce themselves in their own words, please. Sure. You know, I was. Uh, Born and raised in San Diego. I lived in Brazil for a couple of years. I, I live in Hawaii. Um, I, I, got, I have four boys. I have uh, three, three foster kids that have come in and gone. Um, and right now, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just really, really happy. I, uh, I can get yeah. into all, 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 all the details, um, but uh, I've gone through a lot of tragedies, had a lot of hardships had a lot of good times. And it's funny people, you know, however we introduce ourselves on one side, it could look like you have the best life in the world, but on the other side, it looked, it could look like you you're living like some, some tragic <laughs> play yes. from Shakespeare or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. life's crazy, but I'm a full on entrepreneur and author. And, uh, my goal is really to help people get their, get their time back and, uh, live their, their, their true purpose and their true goals. I, I found one thing you'll know is I found that People say they want more time and they say they want to have more freedom, but they start a business only to lose their time and their freedom to the business. And that is frustrating to them and frustrating to others. I think there's a better way mm. to do it. So I, I try to create products and systems and content to help people, you know, really live the thing they, they want, the goal after the goal, you know, that that's kind of what I'm yeah. going for. Mm. It's funny you said that because, you know, we do go into entrepreneurship with that dream that, you know, we'll have more time and money freedom. And then we find out that <laughs> we right. find out that we just get consumed by the business. And basically, we just created a, a, a times three of the of the employment. For example, we're in a lot more stress and everything. And there's no money. There's no system. So the 
type of service that you provide is so needed, especially in this day of age right now, is that without that guidance, we could spend literally 20, 15 years in a struggle. And I, I went through that like myself, mm. like we didn't know about mentors and anything. So I just thought I could do it all. I knew it all, right? I was perfect, you know? So <laughs> I was going at it and 15 years later, it was just, it was, it was not good. It was not a good ride. So it's so good that what you do is, is helping others. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's a roller coaster ride, but that's that's why we need people like you to kind of share. Here's what works. Here's what doesn't work. Yeah. But you can personalize it to your own life, and you can figure it out. And you may or may not have to go through all the things that I went through. You know, it's like standing on the shoulders yeah. of giants, right? So I, yeah. I love what what you're all about, man. I love it. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. You too. I'd, I've seen you online. You have done some amazing, amazing work. Um, tell tell me more about the book like uh, the author side of you. Okay. So I, let me tell you this, like a few, a number of years ago, almost, almost, almost two decades ago, I, I started a social entrepreneurial business where I helped people uh, from wherever they were start companies to uh, work their way out of poverty. So I, one of the ones I started was in Mongolia and I did, uh, it was a cashmere business. And then I started a business in Philippines um, American Samoa, Papua New Guinea, I don't know, all over the Asia Pacific Rim. And I got into this rhythm where I was helping people take their own ideas and work their way out of poverty and help employ other people. And uh, it was kind of like, what do you do where there are no jobs? That was kind of the idea. And the idea yeah. is like, well, you become an entrepreneur, you know, and you don't have the resources, you don't have the ideas. So anyways, eventually I wrote this book about starting stupid ideas. It's called the power of starting something stupid. <laughs> and uh, it, it did well. And the idea is that stupid is the new smart. It's in like 10 different languages. Brene Brown did a blog post about it and it blew up. It's endorsed by like Jack Canfield and Seth Godin and Covey. Easy. And it's, it's done really well. But what I realized too is people would come to me then and say, I have this stupid idea. And it wasn't that hard to say, okay, let's identify a market and you know, let's give people what they want, ask them what they want and give it to them and sell it. it. Wasn't that hard? Like to, once you, once you dialed it in to figure out how to grow, start scale, you know, streamline a business. But what was interesting is they would get successful and they would say, yeah, but I don't have what I really want. And, well, well, what do you really want? And we'll just use the example, like the time and the freedom and access, the autonomy, that kind of stuff. And I realized that people were baking into, let me say it this way. It was a metaphor. It was as if they were baking a cake with no sugar and then expecting there to be sugar in it when it was oh. fully baked. Mm. If you don't bake in like your personal values, like if you are not valuing your time and you're timing your values, like I will live when you don't end up ever living when <laughs> you, you it's so common. It's so common. So you, common. You will actually have more time and freedom if you put the time and freedom into the bake it in from the start, is what I'm trying to say. Because you yourself become the bottleneck. So the more you allow yourself to live the actual dream from the start of your business, and this sounds theoretical, I can, I can make it uh, a little more uh, tangible in a second, but when you do it from the start, you actually create systems that, that work from the dream and support it from the start as opposed to endlessly toward it endlessly toward it so i believe that you should uh be not thinking of your goals as ends but your goals as means 
goals from experience or tasks, goals outside experience or growth. So you goals are means, strengths are means, habits are means towards a greater end. So that's the idea. So my new book's called um, Anti-Time Management. And <laughs> it's, it's not just the reverse of regular management, but management legitimately means control. And it's not about controlling your time. It's who controls your time. Mm-hmm. So time management was, was actually invented 200 years, well, more about 100 years ago. During the, the Industrial Revolution and post-Industrial Revolution, they started this thing called time management, which is to tell people exactly what to do, when, where, and how. And I, in actuality, it had nothing to do with give, to give people their, their time back or their freedom, ever. Never, never yeah, once yeah. was it for that. It was, how do I squeeze every <laughs> drop of blood, sweat, and tear out of you, out of your entire body and your brain and everything mm-hmm. you're thinking and doing? And so it's mm-hmm. bizarre that we think, say, that time management will give us our time back. It's a, you know, mm-hmm. a full calendar is an empty life. And so this, this new book, Anti-Time Management, helps people. I love that. No, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Full calendar, uh, empty life. I'm just, I'm just spitting them out here. <laughs> no, that's not me. So can I get the, can I get, uh, the licensing to use this again? <laughs> you you can share all my words <laughs> everywhere. That's awesome, man. That's a, you know, a, a filled calendar is is just an empty life like wow that's amazing richie go ahead sorry to interrupt no please 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 do and we don't think about it that way because when we we move from working in a job to becoming an entrepreneur and we bring with us the knowledge that we have which means traditional time management systems traditional goal setting there's nothing wrong with that inherently. Like you're going to do whatever you're going to do. It's you're going to work on whatever you want to work on, but don't pretend or fool yourself into thinking that this is a real example that when your kids are 13 and 15 and you're starting a company to have more time and freedom and flexibility with your family, don't fool yourself into thinking that in five years, you're going to be able to hang out with your kids when they're freaking 18 and 20 years old. The, it, you, you probably will still get to hang out with them. You know, yeah, I'm just trying to say like, they're not. different, they're different people. They have mm. different priorities. They're doing different yeah. things. If you're, if the dream is to have like more of whatever you want, it, the dream could be to have more work. You know what I mean? And do more of, mm. of the thing you want to, but don't pretend that when you plant a sunflower seed, that it's going to turn into an oak tree. No, yeah. you got you got to plant an acorn. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, like yeah, yeah. let's 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 be let's be smart about this. <laughs> mm, yeah. You know it's so funny about the calendar when um I was just thinking about my calendar, right? So when I when I probably when I send it to people and they see it, they must see there's so much availability, right? But that's not, you know, I I made sure to do it that way, right? Like that's why it gravitated what you said about the filled calendar and, and yep. empty life, right? Because it's so true. You want to multiply your your I wouldn't say efforts, but your what you do, what you need to produce, you multiply it, but multiply it with people, right? With systems. You want to keep your time as available as possible for doing things like this, like meeting people. Yes. And, you yes. know, that's what you no, know. A- absolutely. Like you flexibility to me is, is three things. It's autonomy, availability, and ability. So autonomy, you get to choose. Availability, it's obvious. You're available or you're not. And ability, you actually have the capacity or the resources, the talent to be able to do it. 
whether you can or not, you can be super rich. You can, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you're not available, I mean, how many, you know, you know, how many millionaires slash billionaires do we know that have no time? And you're like, Oh, most, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So mm-hmm. the idea is you can crowd out the distractions, even if you're highly distractible by prioritizing your attention, not managing your time. Mm. And this is key. So your calendar, we've been taught to fill up all the things we have to do, but they're usually all the things we're maybe, maybe we're good at and we feel like we have to do them, but we don't want to do them. We don't like doing them and we miss out on opportunities. I'll give you a real example. I work with a lot of creators, YouTubers. They'll go to Disneyland and their YouTube video looks fantastically amazing. But what you don't realize is that one person, one of the parents is actually at home editing the videos while the other is running around with their kids. And then they take turns. You know, oh. they're, they don't, it's not always true, right? But, but in, in yeah. a lot of instances it is, they're staying up all night editing, missing out on the actual good times for the video. You know, they're, why don't you outsource the video? Yeah. Uh, the editing of it. Oh, I'm going to lose my creativity. What if you didn't lose the creativity? There's a, I have a whole business that does this for people, by the way. So my whole goal is to give people their time back. That's why I started the business yeah. to start, you know, create products. Managing for their YouTube. Well, I have a, a company where YouTubers who usually have a million subs or more and they don't, it could be less, it could be more, whatever. They don't want to edit their video, videos anymore. But I'm like, well, why don't you be like Spielberg? Why don't you just direct the work, you know, and, yeah. and create the content you get final say, and I'll have this team, you know, make, you know, just editing the videos. For us. So we do that same thing yeah. with the, uh, the products that we create for people. You know, we make over a hundred different products at any given time, physical products. And it was because I realized nobody wants to, it's hard to make package ship warehouse fulfill. So we just like, we'll just do it all for people. But yeah. for me, it's not taking away my time. The whole goal is how can I start a business that creates more freedom and flexibility for myself mm. and creates freedom and flexibility for others. And the people that are working on the projects like it because that's what they like and want to do. They can own the process and own the business through you know what I call expert sourcing. And uh, at the end of the day, your calendar looks completely open because you feel lazy and you're super productive and you're like, what do I do? I don't know. I guess I'll jump on a, this awesome podcast and meet new people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's literally how it, it, it really feels that way. Right. Because, and then you make these kind of relationships where it, it creates a quantum effect on whatever you're doing, because these kind of relationships help everyone grow. You know what I mean? Like if, if imagine if you were doing those videos, I'm sure you're not doing it yourself, or maybe you do a little bit, whatnot, but if you have your team doing the, all that work, imagine if you, or that gentleman that you were referring to that, you know, if, if they're in, in Disney world and he's sitting at home doing it, that time he could invest in something that could make that business create a quantum leap than him having to create and do that legwork himself. Right. So you providing that opportunity for people provides that. Yeah, exactly. So, so our company product products you're proud of. So someone would sorry, say that again. Oh, it's called product P R U D U C T. So products you're proud of. It sounds like I'm saying product in a weird, with a weird accent, but it's just, (laughs) it's just proud. (laughs) But that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, product.com. The idea there is, so an entrepreneur will go, I'm going to start this, this, this widget, this thing. 
and they will spend a year dreaming about it, you know, a year or more pitching it. Then they'll finally realize that to manufacture it somewhere in the world is actually way harder than they imagined. And they don't realize that they, they could have packaged it just an inch smaller, which would have saved them thousands of dollars in shipping, thousands of dollars in warehousing and, and another thousands of dollars in uh, you know, fulfilling. The, 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 the worst Kickstarters are the ones who actually get funded and they didn't calculate the shipping costs. Mm. Right. And so you, so you come true. to so you come to someone like us and we can relatively uh, quickly overcome all those challenges. See the beginning from the end, help someone move from the brightness, you know, from the, from the darkness of the night to the brightness of the day. And essentially in just a, a few months have a product ready to go. It depends on what it is and what they're doing and how it works. Where not only did it save them time and it was done expertly, it actually saved them money. Yeah. Like, 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 like legitimately actually money because instead of trying to find it on some weird website where it's not the, the thing they wanted, we can negotiate with people because we have relationships and we're, we're, we're working it in with, with different things that are happening. So anyone who's listening to this is like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. Your comments on mentoring and, and quantum leaps is like, the only word I can think is it, it is exponential. You can literally go from zero to a hundred overnight when you oh, work yeah. with someone who already knows what they're doing. You know, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's incredible. And especially with good people like you and your partner and everyone that you, the wonderful work that you guys are doing. I know you guys uh, created uh, products for, for big names, uh, well-known thought leaders, right? So um, the service that you provide is really needed. Now, say, for example, there is somebody out there like a coach or um, um, a consultant and, you know, he's looking to add an additional source of income. Um, what what is it, what would be your recommendation for them? Where would they start? Should they start by connecting with you guys and booking a call, or would you send them to do some research? I'm only referring to people that don't have an idea right now. They just want to add a source of income. How what kind of recommendation you would give someone like that? What to do first? Oh, thank you. That that's a great question. First, yeah. I would just say realize that having a physical product done done correctly can replace your current income as a digital creator or as a coach or as a thought leader very quickly and it can scale without consuming your time and this happens a lot so all of a sudden you the digital and the physical come together like yin and yang and one thing promotes the other so for example like john lee dumas he's a famous podcaster yeah. guy right so he was we on made, here too Oh, good. I love yeah, him yeah. so much. We've made, all, amazing, yeah. we've made all three of his journals, the Freedom Journal, yeah. the Mastery Journal, the Podcast oh, Journal. He's, he's great. Yeah. Those generate so much money. And he's hanging out in Puerto Rico. These things are being made somewhere and shipped from somewhere. And he is just, it's happening. He works really, really hard you know, to build an audience and to sell, but the whole process doesn't consume his time. It only creates more listeners for him. Yeah. You know, yeah. so if someone doesn't know what they want to do, I would, there's a lot of places we could go, but the first thing I would do is just ask if you have an audience, ask your audience what they want, hmm. do it, do a survey, uh, an actual survey name, email. If I were to create something, would you want a, B or C or what, what question would you ask me if you had, if you could, and you start to just figure out, you get 10 people, a hundred people, a thousand people to fill this out. You start seeing trends. 
that'll help you with your regular content business and with your physical product business. You could do like an either or thing, a little poll on Instagram stories. There's a million ways, but I would ask the yeah. audience first. Then I would go, do I, do I want to like this thing? Do I actually want to make it? And then you can start, you know, you don't have to know how to do mm-hmm. something. You have to kind of figure out what they want and then become an architect. Architects do not build buildings. They draw them. General contractors do not swing hammers. They don't even pick a hammer up if they don't want to. They sub the entire thing out. The entrepreneur's job is to set things in motion, not to do everything. Yeah. And, you know, everything that you guys are doing, uh, Richie, is all geared around being resourceful, right? The resourcefulness. Were you always resourceful or was it something in your journey as an entrepreneur? It just happened. Um, you know, you started hearing people say, oh, you're a resourceful guy, you know, kind of thing. So when do you think that that transition happened? Because being resourceful, I think it's one of those components in entrepreneur's life that are self-employed, that relies on his own income to, you know, for his own time to get the income is such an important component, right? It's, it's I mean, it's, it's everything. <laughs> And you can leverage yeah. existing resources. People always yeah. say they need more time, more education, more experience, and more money, only to find mm-hmm. out later in life they still need more time, more education, more experience, and more money. I get yeah. it's a never-ending cycle. Um, when I was a kid, I told my dad I wanted a job. I was 16 years old. And he said, You don't want a job. He's he's an entrepreneur, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, what, what, what 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 dad says that to their kid, don't get a job. But I'm from San Diego and he told me to go to El Centro where they, it's like a farming area. And he told me to go to the watermelon patches. This is no joke. And took the family van, took out the seats from the back and me and my, my brother who was two years younger. And we asked if we could buy their irregular sized watermelons. He told us to do this. These are the watermelons they can't sell to the grocery stores because they look weird, yeah. but they're delicious. Yeah. And they're, they're just oddly shaped. Yes. I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> And we, <laughs> yeah, we sold them on the 4th of July and uh, we made more money in one day than we would have made working minimum wage the entire summer. Well, what did and, you, what did you name of like ugly watermelons or something, something <laughs> unique? I, we should have come up with a really cool name, but it was yeah. more just like call people in the community, call our friends, parents, call people from wherever, just be like, Hey, we have these watermelons They're They don't look normal, but they're bigger than the ones you'll get <laughs> at the grocery store and they're, they're, they're better priced, you know, and we just set up at the park and people came and picked them up and bought them. Amazing. But that changed my mind. It changed my mind. Like, because you, you, you just do what you know is available, you know? And so I think being resourceful, like you're saying is actually a learnable skill. Someone can mm-hmm. say, you know what, there are other ways to do this. And here's another way. That's what a mentor does or, or even better. Here's how to think differently about a problem so you can solve it creatively. So instead of saying, I can or can't do this, say, how can I do this thing without this terrible thing I'm worried about happening You know, by next Tuesday? Anyways, so I think that kind of helped me just thinking differently that way. But some other things that happened, you know, I, I have a son that passed away. I have oh, a brother, sorry. you know, I, yeah, no, thank you. But I mean, I have a brother-in-law that passed away. My, my wife had a, a stroke and lost her memory. My son got hit by a car oh crossing God. the street. Our foster kids came and went after two years. Um, 
we hope to adopt them and that hurts differently because we don't know where they are in the world. So I, I think a lot of these tragedies, which I don't wish on anybody, forced me to think, oh my gosh, time is short. What is actually important? What do I really have to, to do? What do I really don't have to do? And who can I, who are others or where are resources or what are things that can happen that won't um, conflict with my actual values and goals mm. and help me still get the same result? Like if you are, it's called a forcing function. If you are forced to think differently, and for me, it's like, oh no, I'm going to spend time with my family because I know how precious it is, then I am not going to work on things I don't like or want to do, but I am going to work really hard on creating a system that supports that. And so I think that I honestly think that that instance and others made me start thinking this way, even though I otherwise might not have. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, even with these mindset transformations, and by the way, I'm very sorry to hear all those things. Um, mm -hmm. Like you said, we don't wish it on, on anyone, even enemies. Right. So, um, yeah. but having that experience you know creates a a transformation within and you know you'll hear this a lot you know these these people that all of a sudden they just blow up and you'll hear their story it's like it, something happened like they, they got hit hard mm -hmm. and that's just all of a sudden they became awakened from within right and do you kind of explain uh, is it, would you say something like that that happened to you? Oh, one hundred percent. Okay, and, you know, and, and sometimes I'll look back on it and go like, like, just like, does God hate me or something? Like, what's going on? Like, why there's so many bad yeah. things? Like, no, no, you, yeah. you can you can love God unconditionally, regardless of the terrible things that are happening. Unconditionally, and, yes, you know, and, and go to work. And mm. um, I think the idea is sometimes when you're waiting for meaning or looking for meaning, whether it comes or not. I think it's important as individuals uh, and as families to assign meaning. So like as our son was passing away, my wife and I told each other, we're like, we're going to let this bring us together, not tear us apart. So we assigned meaning to it. So as things got, because we knew inevitably life would become harder and harder psychologically between us, like all the, all the things this is just natural. But when you assign meaning to something, it allows you to make different decisions because you've already decided you're going to make this become a good thing, even when it doesn't look like it's going to be a good thing. And that, that um, allows you to make decisions in a different way than just thinking, woe is me. You know, it's very different to say, woe is me, but so what? <laughs> I'm going to turn this into something good. And that kind of resolve doesn't mean you can't just be sad. It doesn't mean you, you, you can lay on the bed, you can relax, you know, grief is a, to me, it's a, it's a tunnel, not a cave, yeah. like, like all those things you can, you can still do. Um, it's that there are times and seasons for everything. And sometimes it never leaves, you know, it's part of your experience. And when you want something, there are still ways to be creative and work from the dream, not just towards it. And I think that's really mm. important for people to assign meaning uh, to their challenges. It's mm. a good one. That's the first time I heard that. Assign meaning to the challenges. Mm -hmm. So when you have a challenge, you assign a meaning to it. So basically, it, it makes the challenge more clear because now you're looking at it with a calmer mind, correct? Absolutely. And okay. un unconsciously, I think we're mm -hmm. almost always assigning meaning to it. 
But when it's something mm. bad, we tend to assign unconsciously negative meaning to it. Negative. That's it. Beautiful. And it, it becomes it. a downward, downward spiral. But if you assign positive meaning to it, even though it might not make sense to your brain, and it doesn't mean you're being like ingenuine or overly optimistic. It just means how can hard things work for my good? And it allows your brain to open up a, a space for different types of thinking, which creates different types of actions. Mm. So Richie. Say all of a sudden, mm. someone is an entrepreneur <clears throat> and a great person, you know, you know them, they come to you one day and they say, Richie, give me one idea I can do today that will bring in enough money that it can help me with my business for this month. What can I, what can I do this one time? in this one day that will bring business into my world as quick as possible. Okay. I mean, let me, let me frame it this way. I would say, yeah. I would say, who do you want to be in two years? Mm -hmm. Like literally like what, what do you see yourself doing? Who do you see yourself influencing? How do you experience life? How do you show up in the world? And then I'd work backwards. Cause once you know who you want to be, you'll know what to do. But when there's a money crunch and you have to pay your rent or your mortgage, yeah. you know, or or whatever, you obviously it's have very to do common, that. right? Yeah, like yeah. any kind of guidance that we can share. Yeah, right? yeah. you ha you have to do you have to do something. Um, but I'll, I'll share this this one idea. It doesn't take a lot of people. It doesn't take a big audience to make a lot of money. But you you it's it's a very different lifestyle, and you can make a very different type of living. When you charge one person $1,000, for example, instead of 10 people, $100. Mm -hmm. It's a very different lifestyle. Same money. Very mm -hmm. 10, 10 people at $100 is a very different lifestyle for you as the entrepreneur than one. So I would say if you are in a money crunch, I would, I would, I would ask someone. I would, I would actually approach it the opposite. I would say... Who is someone that needs my help? Good. Get, get them on the phone and mm -hmm. listen to them for 80% of the time about what they're struggling mm -hmm. with, what they're doing. You don't need to say your own struggles. There's no manipulation here. And you just find out when they say, I want X, Y, Z. And you say, I can provide X and Y, but not Z. Or I can provide X, Y, yeah, Z. Whichever. Or I can provide X and Y and hire or find someone else, you know, I can architect this thing to do Z for you. Mm. At that point, when they say they like this idea, this offer, this product, this service, you haven't told them the price yet. You know, they want it. Then you can talk about the, the pricing. Sub, subconscious to subconscious. Mm -hmm. Because then it's um, when you can charge high and they can say no, you know, whatever. But at least you know when they say no, it's not about the service you or product you offered. It's that they can't afford it, which is not mm -hmm. your problem. It's your problem if you want to figure out some way to help them do, do it in a payment plan or something like that. You know, you don't ever want to like yeah. convince someone to do something they don't want to do. But in, es but in essence, I would target someone who, who needs, needs something that mm -hmm. I can provide. I would charge mm -hmm. high for it. And I would make sure and ask they can afford it. And I would talk to someone every single, if I really needed money, I would talk to 10, 20 people, as many as I can in a day. 
And I know one or two would buy this thing mm-hmm. and it would be massive for me and for them. And it, if I can do it for one, it would turn into not just a one-time thing. It would turn to multiple business with them and it would turn into referrals from them. And it would turn into a whole new product line, service line for me with multiple clients. Thank you, Richie, for sharing <laughs> that, that, that golden, golden stuff, because that's what we try to do here, right? We're trying to like bring as much awareness, as much ideas, as much um, strategies uh, and internal strategies and provide that to people out there to see if we can help them, even in a little way, right? And, yeah. and that's, what it, that's what it's all about, so... No, well, you're you're doing it. I mean, you have this yeah. incredible uh, network and influence of people that know, love, and trust you, and you're bringing them, you know, the 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 cream of the crop, the good stuff, so that they can just move, you know, beyond these things they're worried about and straight into the things they're dreaming about. And I, I think that's yes. super important. I love I love super, what you're doing. Yeah, thank you, thank you so much, thank you so much, Richie. Um, we always like to ask our guests what their inner superpower is that got them to this point. Hmm. I think the word that comes to mind is just mindset. It's mindset. Yes. I mean, that, that's the I software. I knew you were going to be my new best friend. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> it's, the, it really, it's the software that operates the hardware, you know, yes, and yes. even when outside factors happen, Wow, that's a control. new one right there again. Sorry, Richie. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying, like, you know, the, uh, uh, the, 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 the body is an instrument of the mind, right? So, the, you know, yeah. you said what? Sorry, can I say that again? Yeah, the, 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 software. The, the, the software operates the hardware. Oh man, I'm not even taking any notes. You're like, hopefully it's still recording now. <laughs> yeah, I got it recorded. Yeah. 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 You're so yeah. nice. Uh, thank yeah. you. Thank you. So, no, yeah, finished where you say I interrupted. Sorry. No, no, no. I mean, so- I mean, that's, I think I'm just saying like things happen. You can't yeah. control, but we focus so much on the things we can't control that we don't focus on the things we can. And that's why mindset is so important even when you're fragile so even when it's hard even when it's tragic even when you have mm-hmm. to be patient um at some point you just have to think through and it, maybe it requires professional help maybe it requires medicine maybe it requires a personal mentor maybe it requires books maybe it requires watching the right stuff on the internet and not the crap Something. that's out there but mm-hmm. at some point like like filling your head with the things that are actually positive and, uh, and not limited, these things will help you find and be creative uh, in ways you haven't imagined. Mm, yeah, it's the internal world, it's the foundation. You know, when you build a house, you don't just start looking at the curtains, right? You build a foundation. Mm. And mindset is like that, like you said, like it's the software that operates. The hardware, beautiful, and I'm going to use that again too. If you ever hear my episode in the future, I'm going to try to remember who said it. But I'm just telling it. you now, it's recording. I love it. I use it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Here, so thank you so much. So that mm-hmm. that part is so important because that that super person within, if you're not if you're not creating that environment within, then every little bump becomes extremely bumpy, you know, and I, I was in that mm. realm before, right? It was just horrible, you know, frustrations and, and, and judgment and comparison and all this stuff, your whole day would go by in those, in those kind of thoughts, right? So it's, it's, it's a blessing 
it's a blessing in disguise to become more aware that, hey, I can make changes in my life. I just have to look in the mirror. I just have to work on me. But it's so hard to comprehend. Like a lot of people say, you talk about mindset. They think mindset, like I don't need mindset. I'm, I'm, I'm great. Like my relationship are great. Everything's great. But what we're referring to here, and I'm pretty sure, Richie, you're, you're referring as well, is, this, is that deep part, right? It's that deep, deep mindset uh, transformation that needs to occur. Yes. And one, one, one simple trick for our listeners here is to ask yourself a better question and you'll get a better answer. As soon as you start going down some weird thinking process, stop and ask yourself a better question. The questions lead our lives. And so better questions create better outcomes. Better questions create better outcomes, man. You're <laughs> I'm going to have this guy like once a month just come out of Georgia. Give me some juicy stuff to talk about. You know, this is amazing. Oh, it's awesome, Richie. Um, so grateful again that you came on the show. Um, if there's any final words you want to share with the audience, please go ahead. Uh, let me, a couple of things. So, so one, you can get my new book, Anti-Time Management. It's, uh, it's, it's now, it's, it's, it's on pre-sale, but it's available now, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all, all the places. And it will share some of the things I've been talking about. But one little thought is think of who you were 10 years ago. So as we record this, it's 2022. Think who you were in 2012. You were a different person. You were a different. You were in a different circumstance. Your family was, looked different. Your thoughts were different. Your goals were different. 10 years from now, 2032 will be just as different, but probably a lot more different than it is now. The reason I say this is because we irrationally believe that our goals today are the goals we're going to want in 10 years. We irrationally believe that we're going to be the same person we are today in 10 years when we actually know, not just like physically as our, our body changes, but in mentally, but our circumstances, we, were, we are a different person today than we were 10 years ago. That means as far as changing your mindset and doing something, it would be, make more sense to pull that future you that you want from 2030 and behave and become that person right now by starting these ideas, starting these business and doing these things so that you can, like you were saying, quantum leap, you know, have mentors. You can exponentially leapfrog from who you are today to who you are tomorrow in the now, but also build on top of that. So 2030, even with crazy things that are definitely going to happen, will look a lot different, maybe in, even in better ways than you have ever imagined. It's so important to act right now. I'll, I'll leave you with one quick little acronym for the word start. This is how you start anything. Serve, think, ask, receive, and trust. S-T-A-R-T. Serve, One more think. time. Yeah, yeah. Serve, think, ask, receive, and trust. Just like what you're doing right now with me and with so many others, you serve them. You thank them. When I should be asked, when I should be thanking you, you're thanking me. You know, like you're you're finding ways to ask people and to receive from them and to trust the process. You look at any great leader, any 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 great leader, and you will see they served people first. They were they it was it was selfless, but it was also self-care. Mm. They they thanked them. They earned the right to ask. They were, they were open to receiving help. They, they were an island unto themselves. And they trusted others and they trusted this process. They trusted they were 
smart enough, creative enough to ask better questions, you know, to figure it out. That process mm-hmm. will, will ha- even though what you want to do may not look like the way it shows up right now, that process will help you eventually get to that or, or to something better. Awesome, Richie. So basically operate from your goal achieved. Oh yeah. That's a good one. See, there's a good one yeah. right there. <laughs> that's a very common one, actually. I'm, I'm pretty sure I heard that someone else said the same thing. So <laughs> I might've, I might've repeated that, but I like that. It, it, it provides a clarity, right? You know, it totally. provides a clarity when you realize what you want, you internalize it and you just operate from there. You make decisions from yep. there. You take action from yep. there. You build relationships from there. That that part alone has been the main reason yes. for whatever I have experienced, like the main me, but I, I had to, I had to work really hard to make that uh, yes. believable within, like there's a lot of work yes. involved, but that's why people no. like you are needed, especially <laughs> nowadays. No. So I love it. I love it. I mean, people think they need to make all this money and spend all this time to do this thing. Just go sell one, go sell one, go get a, a letter of intent from somebody. And then you'll see if you like it or not. And you'll see if you can figure it out or not. They can, they could pay you in advance. I don't know, but that will help anyone listening to this figure out what they're trying to do for better or for worse. Go and try and mm. sell one and you will see all the pieces come together because you have to actually sell one. Sorry. Do it. Sell one. Yeah. Sell one. So like people will say they want to, they want to do something, but they think they need lots of money and they think they need lots of things. And they think they need lots of people and they create all this overhead and they net, they put sales last, even though sales should be first. Oh, so sell what? Yes, I understand. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So if you go out and you just like sell one, even if it's just um, if if it's some physical thing that requires a lot, you can still get someone like on Kickstarter to pay up front potentially, or a letter of intent if it's something big from some company. But when you, or if it's just coaching or consulting or a book idea or whatever, you can do this. But when you sell one, it creates that forcing function for all the other things that you're trying to put together. It forces them to actually have to come together and then you can see what's working what's not because nothing there's nothing worse than someone running ads or whatever on a system they've never tested and they're scaling problems it's way better to figure out what actually works and scale what works than to scale your problems you know so there's a lot of love you know and experience and what i'm sharing i just hope that people don't ever ever feel overwhelmed like it really can be it's complex but you can simplify things in a way that makes it actionable for you and for others and dude I love you, man. This is so fun. I'll see him here, man. I, I knew, you, man. I knew, I knew we'd have fun. I knew it. <laughs> yeah, man. It's amazing. Amazing. Hopefully we continue to build this relationship. I'll yes. serve as much as I can, add value as much as I can. Um, because what you're doing for people is, is highly respected in my world. Um, I really uh, highly value entrepreneurs that are out there doing service for others like mm-hmm. they're coming from that mentality of service mentality i have utmost respect for them because you know what they're going about they're going about trying to um, provide value they're trying to do good they're not looking at okay this person is worth six thousand this one is five thousand you know mm. that money stuff comes like it's a default but when you that's go true. and operate from service money it just that's money, true. money will come it's just the eternal world needs to expect it and you do service for your fellow humans fellow living things all around as much as you can and just good things start happening. Be grateful, right? That's true, man. That's really true. Yeah. 
Yeah. So thank you again, audience. Uh, you see how amazing Richie is. So he'll be in the show notes, his information, contact information. Make sure you ping him. Make sure you contact him. Check out his funnel, his book, his website. And again, uh, we love you guys. You know, if you guys are struggling, if you're uh, feeling stuck, if you're feeling like, you know, it's always one thing after another, that type of feeling, um, get in touch, get in touch, you know, contact Richie, talk to him. You can see he has a very uh, great heart, open book policy. And the more help we can provide others, the more you would be in that position to help others. So that's why it has this ripple effect and this goodness always multiplies way faster. So thank you again, audience, everyone. Thank you, Richie. And uh, Richie, just hang in there. I want to speak to you before, okay. after I stop recording. Yes, thank and you. Thank you again. 